couple shots before we get started with the podcast. Okay. You are listening to Black and Behind the Scenes. All right, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black and Behind the Scenes. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And thank you for tuning in. Yeah. So we're back for another week. What's been going on, Brittany? You know, same old, same thing. Um, Christmas is fastly approaching. That it is. Um, Tis the season. Tis the season. I've been working so much that I'm not in the Christmas spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like. I need to throw up like a Christmas tree or something and get me. <laughs> yeah, get some, some some lights. Yeah, some festivities, some colors. Yeah, and I'm gonna be able to go home this Christmas Aww. because I have to work. So I'm trying to get out of this like bah humbug yeah. syndrome. But other than that, um, everything's on the cool. What about you? Um, everything's good. Not too bad. Um. Just same old, same old. I'm just, I keep saying it every week. I'm just ready for a break. A vacation. <laughs> you know, it's you just. You know what for Christmas? A vacation. You know, just Two weeks, like, all paid. Yeah, you know, it's the little me time. You know, Santa. Reflection, you know, I need that. I need that. It is know. so important to go on a vacation. Just it's so you can, like, yeah. you know, re-stimulate your mind mm-hmm. and relax. Yeah. And it's, like, I'm all up for... Like, absolutely thinking about nothing. So that's why, like, sometimes when I come home from work, I turn on the TV because I don't want to think. Absolutely. <laughs> Just I put on Garbage on YouTube. Some gossip stuff, something, something, some something noise. You don't have to, like, be thinking too yeah. deeply mm-hmm. or you don't have to think about, like, what do I have to do next? That's always going to be like a long ass yeah. list of things you have to do. You should be doing. It takes you down a spiral. Yeah, girl. I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes we on you the just same need to, um, yeah. shut it off. Decompress. I call it decompressing. Decompress. I just need to relax when I get home and just nonsense. Because in the morning, I'm listening to inspirational stuff when yes. I'm waking up. I'm getting ready. I'm blasting music in the car. You know, work is intense. You need it. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, you're just high energy all day, all day. But then when I get home, I'm just like, okay, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. You need something else that's gonna like help to restore your energy. <laughs> exactly. So that's just Not what it is. Okay. But, yeah. Enough of our. Enough um, of that. Us wanting to go on vacation. Yes. I'm sorry. I just wanna. <laughs> yeah. Rant. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Sometimes it takes me there. All right. Um, guys, jumping into the industry rundown. Um, some pretty interesting things that are happening. Um, not really shocking to me, but um, Dr. McStuffins, the creator is currently or getting ready to leave Disney for Netflix um, within by next year. Okay. Yeah. So um, Chris Nee, who is an award-winning creator of the Disney's junior mega hit Dr. McStuffins and Vampiria, is moving to Netflix. She wants to start generating content for adults and creating animated preschool hits um, for the Disney-owned network um, that focused on kids' cable. Um, so yeah, she decided that she no longer wants to be limited in what she, what content she gets to produce with her production company. And so she wants to move over to Netflix and expand her creativeness. So she's not going to do animation anymore? Is that what it sounded like? Well, no, she wants to do animation. She just wants to do adult animation too, on top of doing kid animation. Adult animation. 
Yeah. So okay. she wants to tap into other boundaries, I guess, doing other characters besides um, a certain age range. Because you know, come on, like you know in the industry, once you're good at something, they want you to continue to do that. But I was wondering if she has some type of um, exclusivity deal with Disney. Like, why couldn't she stay with Disney and still make her adult? Well, yeah, because, well... I don't know. I mean, well, with the... I guess... Maybe well, she has some type of moral contract clause or something? Maybe. Uh, well, within the deal that she's going to have for um, Netflix, she'll be able to write, produce new animated and live action series. Um, not for only for preschoolers, for all adults. Okay. Um, so that's what she just wants to do. Um, so that's why she's moving on. But, you know, that's the same argument that I'm getting with a lot of people who are moving from these um, big networks and corporations, that they want creative freedom. Yeah. And Netflix is letting them do whatever the hell they want to do, basically. So they're willing to take that risk and move over to that um, genre or that realm of digital media versus staying in a safe pool of a network. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm here for it. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and yeah, Netflix said that they want to focus on kid-friendly and adult animation and will be launching an in-house studio to scale back on outsourcing and costly animation process mm. to third-party companies. And it's a part of their larger goal to own and produce all of its content. All right. So that's where they're moving. like jobs to me. Yeah, yeah pretty much. That's, that's pretty much what that means. That, that's, that's what that means. That's all I heard was, was jobs. So jobs, taking it from jobs, outhouse. <laughs> Bring everything in-house. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is the complete opposite of mm-hmm. what everybody is doing. Everybody's outsourcing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty exactly. much. Everybody's buying their content from mm-hmm. other places and bringing it in-house. Whereas they're like, okay, we're going to produce this. We're going to hire you. Produce this in-house. And we're going to keep the cost down. So, right. yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, so, the next story up. Um, Dick Wolf's New York Undercover is getting a reboot treatment at ABC. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> So, New York Undercover aired for four seasons on Fox from 1994 to 2008 with Malik. 2008? Sorry, 1998. I was about to say, damn, I missed some seasons. I'm over here like, yeah, 2008, girl. No, it's 1998. 94 to 98. I was like, damn, I didn't know that. Girl. Okay. All right, that that sounds more like it. Okay, ninety eight. Yeah, and you guys know Malik Yoba was on the show. Michael um, De Lorenzo, Lauren Valdez, John Hopkins starred um, in the drama, and it was originally produced by Universal Television. And it is notable for being the first police um, U.S. television show to boost two people of color as leading roles. So sources are reporting that several networks are bidding on this series, and it is currently in development. And sources are saying that this is the type of franchise that you can redo and not necessarily have the same cast. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I do, too. But my question is, so if they were to bring back New York Undercover, what would that be like today? How would New York Undercover fit in today's world? Could it? So, okay, so here's the interesting part about that. Because when I was um, researching this, Dick Wolf is also rebooting NYPD. He is, yep. NYPD Blue. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> with to, I just feel like with today's climate, those two could be merged. Versus back then, they were mm. two different types of audiences. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, it could be the same show. 
It can have a diverse cast, Mm -hmm. like um, New York Undercover, and um, still be um, whatever the topics are centering around police. Whatever they're going to be doing. Solving crimes. Right. Only because I just feel like on ABC, it's not going to be black like it was on Fox. Right. Like, they may have a diverse cast. But with New York on the cover and its original airing, it was hip hop, you know, centered. centered. Right. Um, back then, the characters had some real like crazy stuff going on. You know, right in their personal character, life. Yeah. Malik Yoba's character fathered a, a child when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. and so you know, it was him dealing with his baby mama, and yeah. then his partner Torres had the father who was a drug addict, yeah, and had HIV. So like they had all these like. Real life, world, real issues. life things yeah. at that time, which were kind of like taboo, not really talked about. True, but now everything under the sun is, is on the internet, is available for you to see. So I just don't know what else can they do differently right. with the show. Only because I just do not see it being black, like how it was Before. on ABC. Especially, even though they've get, have given Kenya Barish this whole range of freedom and mm-hmm. whatever he wanted to do to a certain extent, still, to a certain extent, he still was limited. <laughs> right. Um, he still was limited, but j- because of that limitation right. that he received, I just don't know if we'll get the same nostalgia mm. as we did with New York Undercover. I I feel like it would be whitewashed. Yeah, like even the, with the diverse cast. Yeah, I just. I just honestly, because I know, I believe how they used to come up with stories was like stuff that happened actually in the news. Well, yeah, because that's yeah. what um, Law and Order does. Right, exactly. Right. But how, like, with just the relationship between the black community and the police officers right now, it's like a really hot, top, touchy subject right. and topic on everybody's tongues. And, you know, I just don't know how they would try to mend that relationship or even try to get an audience to want to pay attention to that. With the hip hop or even you know diverse cast that they want to include for this, but I just don't see it. I just can't visualize what that would look like. I, I don't can't. know. I don't know how it's gonna look. It's like I said, especially how it's going to differ now a day mm-hmm. from NYPD Blue, and then on top of that, um, you know, he also does all those Chicago dramas yeah. on NBC. Oh, child, it's Chicago Fire Mid. Uh, the hospital fire. I mean, all of them. Drilling junkies. Yeah. And you know what? My mama watches every single one of them. You know what? I'm like, she loves really? it. She loves it. But okay, so aside from that, um, ABC has this show. Their only cop drama right now on their network is um, The Rookie, which is about a older guy. I think he's in his 40s. Basically, um, Starting his life as a rookie cop. Um, How the hell is that possible? His life, I mean, his wife left him or something like that. So he's like an old rookie. And so it's him navigating him being a police officer. Okay. But it ain't in the city. It's like kind of, well, I mean, it ain't like a New York City, I should say that. Or Mm -hmm. urban city. Um, Interesting. I've never heard of the show. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And then you also brought up a good point with the hip hop infusion with that. If they were the basis in New York, no shade, but hip hop is not really the mecca of New York anymore. Like that's not where you know hip hop is everywhere. Or 
mostly down south. Well, I feel like they can still do the hip hop element, but I just don't know. I don't know, y'all. I just. I'm not a fan of reboots anyway. I Me think, neither. I think you I should just let some things be go, nostalgic and, right. be, and, and just let it be that. Like, it's not going to be the same, especially if we don't bring back the same characters. We no. can't bring back Tori. Most of them. He got, died. Most of everybody died. died. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it like, will only be... Didn't kill everyone in the end? Right. Like, it will that's... only be Malik Yoba, and I'm just not interested. No, unless they bring we back the sun. We love New York Undercover. Yeah, yeah. Back when it was on Fox One, Fox had all the black shows before yeah, it they um, booted built us up off. this audience right. and booted us right on up off that network. Right. Um, it was one of our great gems. Mm-hmm. And let Do it be we that. need it now? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think people are just hyped because it's like New York Undercover. Yeah. But we don't need a New York Undercover. I don't think so, Especially guys. on ABC. And I honestly don't think there's a bidding war for this show. I'm sorry. I think you're lying. <laughs> like, I think they're lying when they said that. I think they just want people to be, to drum up. the. Sometimes I think they drop stories to see what press is going to get, how it's going to pick up steam and what people are going to talk about it. But no, I'm sorry. I don't think this is, this is a go. No, we don't need it. Not at all. Okay. Well, all right. So next up, guys, um, the Hollywood Reporter um, unveils a major initiative to promote inclusivity, inclusivity in entertainment. Um, in April, the Hollywood Reporter will launch a new diversion initiative, the Youth Executive Fellowship, which is designed to create an inclusive pl- pipeline for future leaders of entertainment. So what? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so they're gonna do what? All right, so basically they're creating a fellowship that okay. will draw high school students from underserved schools in Compton, Inglewood, and Los Angeles, wow. and immerse them into a two-year program that combines curriculums with mentors. Okay. So for in the, the industry. industry, right? This will be a two-year fellowship that is open to males and female high school juniors in low-income communities in LA. Okay. Each year, 25 students will be selected after one year um, learning the ins and outs in finance, marketing, production, business affairs. 12 will be invited to take part in the second year with hands-on experience at the major studios, networks, and agencies. I'm feeling it. I am too. This fellowship will help youth leaders penetrate a difficult-to-crack industry. And a fun fact is, this was announced last week at the Hollywood Reporter's annual Women in Entertainment event by Black Panther stars Lapita Chadwick and they, how do I pronounce her name? They, deny, deny, deny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to mess I, that up. Deny, um, but yeah, I love it because one of the things I always tell people when they ask me why did I get into this industry and what are some of the things like when you tell people that you this was your major, right? They're kind of always inquisitive because they're like. That's not really smart. Right. <laughs> Anything artistic is like, what? Right. Um, but I always tell them, I wish I had started creating content before college. Same. Because um, uh, when I got to school, I felt like I was behind. A lot of my counterparts, a lot of my white counterparts were already more advanced than me as far as production goes. Yes. And knowledge of editing systems and use of camera. Right. Because they had access to those tools. 
whereas I didn't. Mm -hmm. So by the time they were in school, they had demo rules. They had a portfolio. And then when I got there and it was time for me to show people what I could do, I had nothing to show them. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because one, I didn't have access to them and I still didn't know how to get access to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So one of my initiatives when I created um, my nonprofit was to allow um, young people access to tools they need to create programming or whatever content they want to do at a younger age. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes people are not really looking at your degree on a wall. They want to see what you can do. Right. That's what this industry is about. That's what it is. They want to see what you can physically do. They want the tangible of that. Right. Um, So they don't care that you have a degree and you learned how to do it. Do you know how to put the application to use? Absolutely. Um, And so the fact that these young people get that opportunity to do it at such a young age and start, they can start building and creating Mm -hmm whatever their hearts desires on top of having a mentor that's a phenomenal opportunity and i hope um those who are interested in navigating a career in the field take advantage of it fully take advantage of it because had i had a a program like this girl knows where i would be same and you know for those who don't really understand um why we were saying that like just give you a little backstory of this industry Prior to DSLRs and iPhones and cameras right. on your phones, equipment to record something was thousands of dollars, right, like right. a lot and a lot of money. And it was again, like you said, only certain people had access to that. I mean, I remember a guy I was working with, and I was like, "Well, what what made you want to get into the industry?" You know, and he was like, "Oh, my dad had a camcorder when I was a kid. I used to run around the house creating movies." And I'm like, "Damn, I just watched TV as a kid, and right, I just fell in right. love with it. I just, right. you know, it was real basic." Versus these intricate things that these people were doing and making movies. And so the fact that nowadays you can go get DSLR, you know, for a couple thousand dollars. Or now you just use your iPhone is just as great as a DSLR. Yeah. Everything is very prosumer friendly now. Yes, it and is. And that just happened great. within the last five or seven years. It, that's very Prior true. Prior to yep. that, no, you had these big bulky ENG mm-hmm. cameras yep. or... Um, and and even those, even if you had a camcorder at your house, very different operational mm-hmm. than an ENG camera yep. or um, knowing how to set up studio lights or mm-hmm. most definitely had no editing system. Oh no, no, that was in your not, house. No, no, no um, one did. That wasn't even happening Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. No. Um, so now everybody has this disposable. I mean, at their disposal, yeah. Um, where they can create this type of stuff. But even if you do still have this stuff at your disposal, you still may not know how to use it, or right? Even know that it's still there. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the resources that we have today are tremendous compared to what it was ten years ago. And, and this brings me back to another thing. Not to keep on going on about that point, but um, last year and then the summertime, I did a um, a program. Four kids, and we did. Um, I taught them live action filmmaking, and cool. then also stop motion animation. And because of the um, counties we served, they were <laughs> predominantly white students. I, I guarantee you, I had at least two to three kids in each class tell me already. These are young white kids that they've already made a movie before, wow. and I'm talking about kids under twelve. 
they've already made a movie before or made some type of content that is published on YouTube, wow. that they have a camera, that they're asking me, they're using terms as far as editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of kids tell me that their parents bought them green screens. So, okay, yeah. these, pe- these young kids, mm-hmm. these young other kids that are not of color yeah. are getting access to yeah. these things at an early age. Right. So by the time we even get to high school, yeah, for to take advantage yeah, of programs have- like this, <laughs> we're still even behind then. Yeah, because your mom ain't buying you no green a green screen. <laughs> okay, I was just like, wow. All right, I was um, amazed. So. Yeah, it's just just the things that kids have to, at their disposals nowadays, and what they're doing. It's just it amazes me, and I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. And that's it, guys. I'm yeah, done. Is, yeah. Is I that have, it? That's it. it. Okay. Well, okay. There's just one. I really didn't get time to really look into the story, but unfortunately, during on the set of Power recently. Yeah. Um I saw that. Yeah, the story just came out, guys. So forgive me for not having all the exact details for it. But I did want to send condolences out to the family of the production assistant that was um, killed on set of Power. Mm -hmm. So this recently happened like two days ago, I think, and production was shut down for the show. And um, what I read is that this particular person was setting up um, cones for the shot. shot. Mm -hmm. And um, someone else who was a part of the production crew um, hit the the person and that person died unfortunately and um i just thought it was super sad i mean traumatic for the whole cast the person who mm-hmm. hit him by accident mm-hmm. the person you know the family of the person who passed away mm-hmm. and i just wanted to bring awareness to this that a lot of times guys when people are making films or if you're a field producer or if you're um an action in action um documentary it doesn't matter like a lot of times people are risking their lives to um do production Mm -hmm. or going out in the field um i remember a couple years ago there was a plane that crashed for um a discovery show and killed Mm -hmm. everyone on board really yeah um the camera people everybody you know so stuff when they they were out in the amazon or some forest or somewhere but Mm -hmm. stuff like this happens all the time and even a field producer who was on the show the narcos that they film in um mexico that person came up dead also yeah so this is real stuff that happens in the field um it's real life that you're walking to territories either you're not familiar with or you don't know and um and or accidents happen on set so um yeah this is unfortunate news and again our condolences go out to the family and the cast members of power yeah yeah and that's it for the industry right now guys All right, so you guys, it's time for the spotlight, and today we will be highlighting a multitude of people. Yes. Um, as Antoinette earlier discussed, um, the Hollywood Reporter, um, right? Mm-hmm. They yes. are the one that started this new fellowship, new initiative for diversity. Yes. Coincides with this photo. I don't know if you guys seen this photo that's been circulating around of. All these amazing black women who mm-hmm. are writers in the industry, right? The Hollywood Reporter um, actually took that shot. Um, and actually, this group of women is called um, Black Women Who Brunch, which is a networking group co-found, 
co-founded by Lena Waithe, um, to gather black women, women of color in the industry to discuss mm-hmm. how the industry can better understand black women in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so how this group was formed, I don't know if you guys know this, but there is a subgroup of the Writers Guild. Um, oh my gosh, this is this an association? The WGA? Yes. Yes. So there's a subgroup of the WGA um, of black women. Mm. And so those black women came together to form this networking um, um, opportunity. Sounds like how we formed our group. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it really is. That's how we formed it's our group. It's like, okay, you a black woman in this Let's pull our yeah, let's come. together. Let's, let's come together. Um, and one of the... Um, I, when I was reading about one of the articles and I couldn't remember who said this exactly, but, um, she was saying how, um, it could be one of the co-founders, but I'm just not exactly which one, how she met Lena and, um, she kind of like, I don't know if she helped her get a job in one of the, in, in writing for something. And someone asked her, well, aren't you afraid that she's going to take your job? And it's like, no, we have to get out of that mentality. If another black woman is mm-hmm. in this role, pull her into what you're doing. Right. And so that we can all have a seat at the table. There's Absolutely. no need for just one black person to represent no. all of us anymore. Absolutely you know what not. I'm saying? So that's how this um, organization was founded. The founders, again, Lena Waithe, um, Nkeche Okoro Carroll, and Erica Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, those three dynamic women created this black women who brunch they get together regularly they go on vacate or trips together i want to go i know right Mm. and um i think they have about 60 plus women in their organization and these women have jobs in the industry so some of the programs that they've worked on are um rebel on bet which Mm -hmm. i don't know what's going on with that i need them to bring rebel back we haven't heard from it from that first season right Okay, so that's a side. That's yeah, that's a whole um, girl. BT. Uh, <laughs> Being Mary Jane, Snowfall on FX. Okay, um, yeah. Fox's Star, Claws, Grey's Anatomy, Thirteen Reasons Why, How to Get Away with Murder. So they're, they're all the, over the. They're place. all over the. They're place. all over they're the whole nice. like long list of black women who are writers, who are story editors, who are in the writing room of um of these popular programs that we watch or content that we watch very cool which reminded me i don't know if you guys remember how i um spoke about amanda idoku earlier this year in her hashtag show us your yes. initiative. Mm-hmm. yep right coincides right together like we have this whole okay if y'all looking for black women yeah there they go right there mm-hmm. on the page yeah yeah yeah. it's a it's, whole bunch of no them. excuses to say we don't we can't find, yeah, can't black, say, female can't find black female writers just like they said for snl we don't know black female comedians like no they're, they're there you're, you you're just, just don't not look looking. yeah you're just not looking so now we have a whole uh, photo yeah. and i'm pretty sure not i'm pretty sure that's not even representative of all the black oh, no. writers. Think right? about the ones in New York, girl. Right, that's just a girl. group of women in this group. <laughs> right, Okay, right. we're not even talking about black women writers who are in another part of the country. All right? So, they're out there. Seek them. Show us your work room. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm just happy to see 
black women thriving and working in same, this industry. Same. And not only that, but pooling together their resources, helping one another out, navigating this. Right. Because it's, it's still a boys industry. It is. Um, and so helping one another navigate the tough um, avenues of how you get work, how to stay work, you know, fresh ideas, how to bounce things off one another. Absolutely. And then not be in a competitive way. Absolutely not. It's, there's no ne- it's not necessary. There's no need for that. There's no growth if you're looking next to the next person and not focusing, you know, on the bigger goal at hand, which is getting everyone, right. you know, work. Because when, that, you know, that person works, you work. I mean... Yeah, that's just how it goes hand in hand. When I first came into his industry, that's what one of the uh, my good friends, we're still friends to this day, he told me, he said, you know, Antoinette, um, when when you, you know, we, we need to link up. Like, when you get a job, I get a job. When I get a job, you get a job. And we just right. and throughout the years, we've been bouncing each other back and forth, honestly, just like that. Yeah. And even when I meet other women, my mentor or, you know, other women that I've worked with, black women, like, they've, you know, helped me out with gigs or we help each other out whenever mm-hmm. and... Just meeting you and all the other women that we've met through mm-hmm. um, Women in Film and Video. It's just just being able to come together and collaborate and just do some cool things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're here and we, you know, we want to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well. Very dope. I just need you guys to create a chapter for D.C. Please. And New York. Um, bring that brunch here. Okay? Because so I like to eat. So we can join. <laughs> yes. We can be all in the fold. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be fancy. So we can meet Lena. Yeah. I want to be fancy too. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's our spotlight for the week. Nice. The Black Women Who Brunch Networking Group. Congratulations, ladies. Amazing job. All right, you guys. Now it's time for the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So actually, we're not really spoiling. No, no, we're not. We have no content to spoil today. Gotcha. <laughs> but we are going to talk about uh, a hot topic that's hot been topic. in the news mm-hmm. lately. We know you heard about it. And it's this whole Kevin Hart yes. um, announcing he is not going to be the Oscars host. Right. So, so yeah, the deets on that. Okay, so let me just, I'm just going to do a brief overview of what basically happened. So, what's funny as hell is that, I want to say, what was it, Monday of last week, maybe Tuesday, it was announced that Kevin Hart was going to host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, should I post this? I thought about it. I was like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to Guys, if you don't know, I'm really not a huge fan of Kevin Hart at all. Um, no shade. It's it's nothing personal. I just don't like if I don't like what you're putting out into the the universe, the kind of content you're producing. I'm not supporting it. So, yo, uh, oh, <laughs> that's some shade. I kind of want to go. What What would you like about um Kevin Kevin's hot content? Oh no. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> um, he gives me. We'll see. See, he gives me Tyler vibes sometimes with some Tyler. of the Tyler Perry vibes with just some of the... Oh, you feel like the, he cools? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a little bit. Okay. That and just... I feel like he plays the same person over and over again throughout all... It's like... It's not the fact that he's playing a new character. He's playing Kevin Hart in Jumanji. He's playing Kevin Hart in um, Right Along 2. He's playing Kevin Hart in Night School. It's not... Okay, okay, so I see what you're saying, but remember we had this same conversation about Tiffany Hatton. Absolutely, I think, I think, what did I call her? I call her the female Kevin Hart. Right, but okay, to my point, 
she's not an actor. She's a comedian. But you're so acting in those roles to be the comedian. No. Comedic relief. No, because you have great comedians that change characters. Like Mike Epps does a great job. Monique does a great job. Like those are act- like those are comedians who are actors. Like if you're stepping into the acting pool, I need you to act, honey. Step it up. Okay, back to the okay. Kevin Hart. Okay, let's okay. let's okay. let's roll this back in. Let's okay. Okay, let's go back to the back, so back, to, the back to the story. So, okay. Kevin Hart. Um, yeah. So again, I went back. I didn't want to post the story because I'm not, you know, not a huge fan. Less less than 24 hours later, it comes out that he's no longer hosting the Oscars, and I was shocked because I knew I followed Kevin's career. You know, I listened to a lot of his interviews and things like that, and I know that this was. A big highlight for anyone in the industry, not Very. just Kevin Hart as a comedian, but anyone, anyone to host. The, I mean, Ellen hosted it one year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, hosted it one he year. Did last year, yeah. Jimmy so last year. this is like the pinnacle of your career for you, a, a great achievement for you to do, and for him to decide not to do the Oscars was extremely shocking to me, due to the fact that they did ask him to apologize for the comments that he made, um, and he decided not to. And I just thought, just like I said, because I thought, you know, Kevin the certain way, that he was just going to fold and apologize. But he didn't. Okay, but here's the thing. He did, though. He did? Well, well, when I mean apologize, he did apologize. But I mean when they asked him to publicly apologize again. He didn't do it. But then, okay, so here's my thing. He did do it because, okay, so just a little back story in case you guys don't know what we're talking about or why he um, said he's not doing the Oscars anymore. So, eight years ago, he made some homophobic tweets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This was eight years ago. Now, because when he, it was announced that he would be the Oscar host, those tweets were dug up. Resurfaced. Girl, (laughs) within 24 hours, like literally, they were dug up and um, the Academy just felt like, you know, to appease mm-hmm. everyone in the LBGTQ audience that um he should publicly apologize. Right. Again. Again. Okay, so let it be known that Kevin Hart has in the past apologized for those offensive tweets. Mm-hmm. Um and the reason why he said, Oh no, well then I'll just not do it because he felt like I shouldn't have to keep apologizing for something that I've already apologized for in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, and he kept saying, okay, so this is going to go back into one of my rants about why I think him not doing it is dumb. He was like, I'm not going to let these trolls win. And, you know, by they digging up these tweets and, um, you know, under the bus, I'm not gonna let them win. You're not gonna get me, but you let them win, sis. Yeah, he did. Because you stepped down. Mm-hmm. Now, I would have respected him better, and if he said, "I said what I said, <laughs> I said what I said, and I apologize." <laughs> you know, I'm a different person than I was eight years ago, mm-hmm. and I've apologized for that already. Right. I'm sorry that you guys took offense, but. That's in the past. And nobody would have been like, oh, well, no, nah, you still need to stop. You know what I'm saying? Right. But here's the thing. You you went all onto this, the Twitter trail. They're not going to get me down. And then you 
apologize again for offending people for some tweets that you made eight years ago. If you were going to do that, you could have stayed on as host. Yeah. If you were then going to apologize. So you double lose, in my opinion. Yeah. Because now you missed this opportunity. I guarantee you it's not going to come back around for him. Oh, no. absolutely. Well, they're scrambling to find another host. They didn't think that he was not going to apologize. Well, I mean, you gave him an ultimatum. Well, that's kind of like the Nikana thing that happened when um he was hosting um so I think you got talent or yeah the, the, the talent show and Nick K they wanted Nick Cannon to apologize or something like that and he said no and they didn't think he was going to say no right and that's the thing and I would have respected him be like nah I ain't gonna say no but then you apologize yeah. I just you apologize. <laughs> What's the point, Kevin? Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't know. Okay, so in my opinion, Kevin's not having a good year. Mm, okay, <laughs> where did I come from? Well, I, I just don't think he's having a good year because we're still in the year. Just this time last year, mm-hmm. the whole thing about him um, cheating on his pregnant wife happened. The extortion. Was it the top of this year? Or was was it last year? It was the, the like the end of oh, last year. Oh, okay, okay. The whole extortion oh, deal. Yeah, that just wrapped this year. Got yeah, it. Right, right, right. Okay, right. so then just recently, like a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I know he's talking about. <laughs> had his birthday party for yes. his um, son. son yep. Turned one years old. Precious baby. Yeah. Just such a cute little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Cowboys and Indians party. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. So now. Again, this is my problem with Kevin Hart. Say what you say. Yeah. And then leave it at that. I would have been perfectly fine if you would been like, yeah, I had a Cowboys and Indians theme party. Uh, and what? You know? When I threw it, I wasn't intentionally trying to offend anyone. But that happened. Instead, what you do, you call everybody who was offended stupid. And then it was like, I'm not going to let these people, you know, trying to troll me and blah, blah, blah. That's my problem with him. It's like, Kevin, what you need to learn is that whether you intended to offend people or not, you offend them, and you can still give them an apology. Right. I think a lot of people fail to realize that, like, intent or not, you can still offend me. Mm-hmm. And if you did not intend to offend me, then what's wrong with you issuing an apology? And see, so my issue with Kevin in this situation is that, you know, it, it to me, it seems like he picks and chooses what he oh, wants yeah. to talk about, discuss. And it's, it's funny about the certain things that he wants to take and stand his ground on. Yeah. It's just stupid, stupid stuff that you want to stand. You want to stand your ground on this topic, this stuff right here. This yeah. is what you want to stand and say, I'm not apologizing for this. But then everything else that people bring up to you about things that you don't discuss in your comedy routines, you don't bring up, you don't want to shake the table about because you don't want to mess up your coin. But then you turn around and reject or do something to put yourself in a compromising position by not doing the Oscars. One of the hugest things that you could possibly do in your career. And, and this is, you fold? Right. Which makes no it sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't no make sense. any sense. Because you're on the rise of being transcending black comedy. Right. You are on the rise to be like a Chris Rock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're blowing it. It's like, I just, I don't get it. I don't. You're blowing it. It, it doesn't, and, I don't get it. And 
a lot of comics have said offensive things before in the past. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to get into this whole thing about, you know, offending people, people being overly sensitive because right. whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you could just been like, yeah, I, I said that. I was a comic, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of comics. A lot of comedians have said things that were offensive. I'm pretty sure the past hosts have said crazy right. things before. Um, and you just could have kept it moving. Yeah. But it, what did you do? You messed up them good white coins. <laughs> <laughs> that you were so pressed to get. Like, you so, pressed to get. so pressed to get. And and so pressed to get. And so wanted to be in this lane. You don't look like the better man now. You no. Look, you look crazy. You look crazy. You look crazy, dude. You look real crazy. I don't know what's going on with this man. Because you apologize anyway. <laughs> I just, I don't. I just don't get it. I mean, and the Oscars, This is what you you want to stand your ground on. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. is Scrambling, scrambling to find, to find a find replacement, a and they have to find a host that doesn't have a CD background that's worse than Kevin or whatever he did. So they have to vet everyone to figure out who can host this, etc. And it, it, I want, I'm curious to see who's going to replace. And you know, you know something else about this story that really made me upset is that they asked Lena Waithe her opinion to weigh in on this, right? And I understand that, um, the, you know, her representing the community, things like that. The LGBTQ community, I understand that, but it's like you're pitting one black woman against this other, you know, well, you know, uh, achieved black man also against each right. other in the media, and I hate that. Right. And I wish she wouldn't have said anything. I wish she would so oh, had. She responded. Oh yeah, she responded. She said that this could have been a teachable moment. Um, that he could have done um, for that and that she has a replacement for him or she has an idea of who can replace Kevin and it's Donald Glover. Mm. No. I know. So my whole thing was just bringing that up is just the mm-hmm. fact that I didn't like the fact that they're that that's what they were doing. They were baiting. They were trying to get someone who else is like, you know, on the rise, big. Oh, what do you have to say about this? Kevin Hart doing, you know. Ex- so I just didn't like that. Um, I just wish that... People will just keep quiet, you know. Just, just no comment. Like I don't have anything to say about it because yeah, you don't have to have an opinion you don't you don't anything. have to have an opinion about that. Just, just let it be. Let Kevin do what he got, whatever it is that he's doing. Yeah, he may be wrong, but I mean, it, it's just I, I just didn't like that. Yeah, because Donald was Don, no, no, no. What what's Donald want to do? Get up there and dance? This is America. <laughs> yeah, I don't see him being funny. No. But, you know, this is all in... They're trying to um, um, distance themselves from the Oscar So White a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. That's why they were trying to to be a diverse host. But, um... We'll see. We'll see what happens. We will. I'm Um, curious. So, who do you think they're going to get to replace Kevin? Well, I've been hearing some talks that they may not have a host. Who the hell? What? How is they that even possible? They may not have a host and they just may have um, just a bunch of celebrities. Filling in? Filling in. Wow. Which I'm not mad at that. I mean, no, they'll get the people. I mean, if they, they get the right people to host. I mean, they're probably going to grab Cardi and ask her to present an award or something like that. Somebody popular to get the ratings in. Cardi for the Oscars? Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, I mean that's the whole big thing is like you have to get all these 
they they the ratings suck. Like let's let's be clear here. The Oscars and any award show that's currently on, their ratings are plummeting every year. Like they're going down. And this is not helping. So I think they're going to try to pull out anybody they can possibly get to come on to to, you know, maybe present an award or do something like because if, if half of the industry is going to be receiving the awards, who the hell is going to present these awards? Who are they going to get? Well they can still you can still present and receive. You think so? Yeah. So people are gonna be rotating they out their seats. all the time on BET. And on the Oscars. I mean there there are actors and actresses who also present in other categories because I uh I don't know, I may be wrong in that, so I'm not gonna say. But yeah, there are other actors <laughs> I, I was gonna say I think last year's winter winners do the presenting of the um, different categories. I want to say that's how it goes in the Oscars. Oh, to see, there you go. I don't pay that much um, attention to them. <laughs> but no, it could work. I mean, you just have a, a bunch of um, different people do bits. Here's the thing, though. They want to do the comedy route because they think it's... I don't, I don't know. I just... Why don't they just get Ellen? Like, I don't understand why they just get Ellen again. Like, didn't she do, like, a great job last time she hosted? She did, and everybody loves Ellen. Yeah, like, she's safe. The point of this all is, Kevin Hart, 2019. Do better. Let's think a little bit. Do better. (laughs) In your movies, too, do better. All the way around, do better. Girl I'm sorry, I just can't. I'm tired. I'm tired. I spent my money on your movies, and they suck this year. You th- oh my god. Yes. Oh, so you're telling me night school was good. I thought for what it was, I mean, is it Oscar worthy? No. But for what it was, it for was what decent. It was, that was a straight to, you know, let me stream this. Don't put this in the movie theater kind of movie. Oh, I think you're being hard. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Well. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm kind of girl. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's all we have today, guys. <laughs> yes, that is it for the evening. And if I okay, let's let's do this. If I'm being too harsh on Kevin Hart, let me know. Um, follow us on Instagram. Drop a message. Say, Antoinette, you're so mean. <laughs> no, don't say, don't call me, but tell her, yo, chill out. Okay. And yeah, if I'm being harsh, just please let me know. You are the people. You all know. Like, am I being too harsh on this man or not? But I, I don't personally think so. Yeah, I, I think you could dial it back a little. I think you could give him a little bit more credit. I mean, cause let's let's think about where he started. I get a long way from Soul Plane. Is he? Oh, okay. <laughs> Is he now? I don't even want. I don't even know why I brought it up. Let us know. What, let us know what y'all think. Hit us up at uh, all. Social media hashtags yes. um, mm-hmm. or handles at Black and Behind the Scenes. Let us know what you think about Kevin. Let us know what you think about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, New York Undercover. Yes. Um, the Black Women Writers. Mm-hmm. All of the great content that we discussed today. Hit us up again. We're on Facebook and Instagram yes. at Black and Behind the Scenes. Absolutely. Don't forget to follow our personal accounts. Also, I am um, Antoinette Tope uh, at Antoinette Tope, like the color. And I am at Brittany Khan. Um, yeah, guys, and until next time, have a good evening. Bye, y'all.